Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Look at 2 Chronicles 7.14. Why am I fasting? Okay, now listen. We're going into 21 days of fasting and praying. Everybody in the room's like, great. Praise the Lord. <laughs> what do you mean fasting and praying? Well, we're taking 21 days and we're going to see God at the level of transformation because we believe giving God the first. So we're going to give him the first 21 days, okay? The first 21 days of the year and separate ourselves unto God. Now, some of you, listen, I understand we say, well, you know, you're going to give up. What is fasting? Of course, there's a little subjection of the food thing. I'm not, some of you have dietary restrictions. Some of you got flesh problems, I understand. Just chill out. Take a deep breath. I'm not making you do nothing. I'm just asking you to check in with the Lord and see what you need to do in these 21 days. Now, some of you might say, look, I'm not giving up food. I'm not doing none of that stuff. That's your own business. That ain't none of my business. But I would love for you to separate some time for God. We are corporately going to fast. That's why what Pastor Liz was talking about, the partners, the friends, everybody, get your prayer requests in now. Now. Now, some of you, you know, I send you stuff, you get the stuff. When I send the stuff, I'm serious about it. I'm not not getting it. I'm just telling you now. I told the Lord, me and the Lord had a little powwow, <laughs> and I said, hey, look, uh, if the job of the priest is to stand in the gap for the people, which it is, then I'm going to get my stuff, and they're going to get it too. Because I'm not wasting time. I'm staying ahead of it. So get these things in soon. Go home, pray about it, think about it. Let's go. Let's get it. Your faith, my faith, all together, we're going to agree. Great? We got that. 21 days about fasting and praying. Now, listen, some of you, don't go do anything God doesn't tell you to do, and don't go do anything off the wall that you don't have the faith for. You don't have to reach out and go after something. You can't get God. God's not going to be like, oh, you did this, so now I'm going to do that. This is not about uh, bartering with God. This is about you going to another level of where God and you feel like you want to go. It's about consecration is a separation. You know what I'm saying? So if you fast, say you say, all right, I'm not going to eat lunch at work. I'm going to fast lunch well, then you can't just go sit in the break room and tell jokes. It's take that time and go pray. If you're going to take time out of breakfast, it's time to go pray. It's fasting and praying, not just going on a diet. Now, that's what I'm saying. So if you said to me, eat or not eat, pray or not pray, I like eat all you want, but pray. Set more side of time to pray. Praying is key. You understand? Because here's the thing. You have to stay connected to God, and you have to stay connected to what God's placed you in. See, this is where everybody starts losing it. They start getting too far away, and they drift away from where God's placed you because that's all your test. Uh, it's all a test. God wants to see what you're going to do. He's like, yeah, everybody can do this when it's easy. Now, let me see what you do when the heat gets turned up or when it's not comfortable no more or when I don't like it. See, that's when relationships get tested the most is when you get, when you, here's the thing. When you separate yourself, you're, you're in trouble. You gotta, God didn't tell you it's my job to seek you. He said, you seek me. See, we stop seeking him, we get too busy. So look what it says here. Now look at 2 Chronicles. I'm going to show you the truth. This is going to help you. If my people, which are called by my name, 
shall humble themselves. Stop right there. That's what fasting and praying is all about, humbling yourself. That's exactly what fasting and praying is about. You got to humble yourself. Praying is about humbling yourself. Did you know that? You know why? Prayerlessness is pridefulness. That's what it is. Because you think you're in control of your life. You're not. Prayerlessness, you understand this? Is pridefulness. You think you're going to just handle it or it's going to work? No, 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 no. We need God. You got to trust the Lord. So if we get prayerless, we've gotten prideful. You know, I'm telling you, it's true. Humility is this. I'm just going to, I'm going to submit myself to God and I'm going to learn what God wants me to learn and he sees it and I'm going to lose my own opinion, my own idea, my own way about doing things. That's on us. Like I'm not, see, if I put my trust in me, I, I got my trust in God. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my way. I, I can get myself out. You can't get yourself out. Some things, God's got to get you out. So where am I at? I can't put my confidence in myself. I got to put my confidence in the Lord. So if I've got areas where I'm not, I got to get humble. Humble themselves. And what? Pray. So what happens if I'm not praying? Maybe I'm not as humble as I think I am. That's me. Now, listen, humility is just, it's what? It's to submit, withdraw, yield. Take a step, you know what I mean, yielding? You know what I mean by yield? Like, humility is, nah, not my way, your way. I'm kind of stepping back from my own opinion. Stepping back from my own way of doing things. And getting God's idea about it, amen? Look at that, and pray and seek my face. Now, I got to pray and seek God. Now, you can't have fasting without praying, what good is fasting and you ain't praying? Come on, you know what I mean? Because let me tell you something, your flesh, your flesh is strong. Tell your flesh, tell your flesh it can't have what it wants. I was telling him this morning, man, that hot donut sign looks real good when you're on a diet. Krispy Kreme talks to you. TV commercials. Come on, don't it? You say, I want to lose four pounds. I'm going to cut out the carbohydrates. Wonder Bread starts talking, the bag starts talking in the grocery store. Eat me. Eat me. Eat me. You know you want to eat me. How about all you crazy people want to quit sugar? God bless you. You're nuts. Right? Yeah, no, no, I'm just kidding. Right? You know the sugar people? I don't know sugar. I don't shoot sugar. You don't do sugar. Man, I went the other day, we were looking at something. I was like, they don't do this. They don't do that. I said, man, you don't want to eat. Kit Kats will talk to you, man. You quit sugar. Won't it? Reese's peanut butter cups screaming in the aisle, buy me, eat me, eat me now, right? Whatever you give up, you're going to want. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you give up, that's what you're going to want. Now, why are we fasting and praying? We're not fasting and praying like we're going to, we, we, let me tell you, fasting and praying is going to change you and ain't going to change God. Look, tell your body it's got to exercise. Come on, somebody. Tell your body it can't have what it wants. Come on, y'all lying in church. Cut it out. You know what I'm saying? Tell your body it can't have what it wants. That thing will talk to you. Now, here's why. Your soul is the greatest enemy on the face of the earth. Because you have to allow your spirituality to flow through your soulish ability. And the problem with that means this. You have to mortify yourself. That means you got to deaden your sense of flesh. Now, how you do that is by spiritual growth. Now, how you do that is by what? Take a time where you discipline your body and don't give your body what your body wants. Well, I'm not addicted to it. Then stop doing it. 
No, I'm being serious. I had one guy one time. He said, well, I don't have to. I, I, drinking ain't that bad. I said, all right, then stop right now. If you, ain't, if it's, if it, if you got it, then tell it you don't need it. But if it's got you, it'll tell you for the rest of your life what it, who owns who. You know, Brother Norva, I was kidding with Brother Norva. You know, Brother Norva told that story. He grew up in uh, tobacco country smoking cigarettes. It was normal. Now, don't get on me if you smoke cigarettes. I don't mind your business. Right? But he said he, said he was smoking. He was smoking like uh, um, Chesterfields. That's what they were. And Chesterfields didn't have no filter. No unfiltered cigarettes, man. He'd be smoking Chesterfields. You know, and he's, God told me, he said, you need to quit that smoking. You need to quit smoking. You're going to be a preacher of the gospel. You quit that smoking. So he's smoking, and he's, man, he said, I got to quit these things, man. He said, put some down. He quits Chesterfield. And his body, tw- 10 minutes in, his, he could hear it inside him. So his body's like, hey, you give me a Chesterfield. He's like, no, nah, I'm buying you. No, he grew up in like a, a, a Virginia area, you know, tobacco country. And he's over here, and he's like, no. And he's like, you give me, 10 minutes later, give me a Chesterfield. He's like, no, bind you, devil. So this goes on for hours. Give me a Chesterfield. Give me a Chesterfield. Give me a Chesterfield. Give me a Chesterfield. Like three hours into it, his body goes, okay, then, if you won't give me a Chesterfield, give me a Marlboro. <laughs> Your body's weird is what I'm trying to tell you. You know what I'm saying? Your body's whacked. And that's something about flesh, won't it? If you don't give me what I want, I'll compromise a little bit, but still give me a form of what I want. Ain't that the truth, right? Ain't that the truth? It wants what it wants, baby. That thing's mean and ornery. It's trying to get you. So you got to win the battle on the inside. So how do you do that? You got to mortify the deeds of the body. Paul said, I beat my body in its subjection. I make it do what it doesn't want to do. Because it wants to eat Doritos and sit on the couch and do jack all day. And drink Mountain Dew. Just hang out. You got to make that thing do what it wants to do. You got to tell it. You got to do it. Now, let me explain to you. Let me help you. Pastor Chris, be real spiritual. Okay, I don't want to do any of the spiritual stuff I'm supposed to do. I make myself do it. Is that okay? Is that spiritual transparency enough for you? You say, you pastor church, you don't want to pray? Nope. You want to read your Bible? Nope. You want to go pray in tongues? Nope. You want to do any of this stuff? Nope. You want to go to worship? Nope. You want to do this? No. And all you super spiritual people are like, well, you should want to because I want to. That's because you don't have all of you to deal with. I don't have to carry all of you. You don't have to carry all of you on your back to prayer. I do. So leave your little spiritual yourself alone and leave me alone. I love going to pray. It's great because you only got your problems you pray about. My phone's ringing all day. I need a miracle. Got one this week was hot. We need a miracle. We need a creative miracle. No problem. Let's go there. I got to release faith at a level most people don't even have to think about. So guess what I do? I don't allow myself to do what I want to do. I make myself do it. And when I don't want to do it, I stay there. So just in case you might be like me, don't wait till you feel spiritual. Do it anyway. Did that help? Did that feel better? Did I have to get that out? Give me a high five. They ain't listening to me. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I got up today. I feel like praying. Okay, good. Go pray and pray for me while you're there. You understand what I'm trying to get you to see. Sometimes we make this Christianity look like a fairy tale and you think like, oh, I should want to. And I really don't want to. And because, and I know it kicks in once you start reading the Bible and once you start praying, but guess what? There's some days you don't even want to go there. So make yourself go there. Make yourself spend time. 
Relationship will kick in once you start getting daily disciplines. It'll become contagious. You ever not read your Bible for a couple days and then pick it up and read it and go, wow, I've been missing some stuff. Come on, you see it? Life gets busy. So what am I trying to tell you? And here's the thing. Listen, now I had, I had some guys the other day. You could tell once I try, oh, God, what does he want? I want five minutes. I want, you know what I want? 15 minutes a day for a while. That's it. I want five minutes of you praying. I don't know how to pray. Go to prayer class. I want five minutes of the word. I want you, I don't worship God. I want five minutes of worship. I want five minutes of confession. Do whatever you got to do. Go in there. Give him 15 minutes a day different than when you've been giving God. I don't know how to confess the word of God. Go in there and just read the Bible. See what it says. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the word. Practice confession. Worship. I don't know. I don't go in there saying, put something on and sing God. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Just lift your hands and worship him. Go back and watch service on Sunday, and while the worship team's doing it, just lift your hands in the house and just go for it. Give him something. Give him, give him five minutes of praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray five minutes in the Holy Ghost. I know some of you are doing more than this, but I'm going to give him just a little bit more. Or about this, I'm gonna, I've been doing it, but I'm going to give him consistency. I'm going to give him 21 days where I seek him first. I'm going to give God every morning. I'm going to give God a half hour every morning. Haven't been because I've been doing my thing, but I'm going give to God, give God something. Why? Because humbling myself means this. I, I don't get to do what I want to do. I do what pleases another. I humble myself from my opinion, and I pick up. It says, humble yourself and, and pray and seek my face, and then you're going to hear from heaven. He said, cleanse your hands. I want you to look at this. Look at this, look at this Second Chronicles, and then when we look at Second Chronicles, we're going to go look at James, and it looks very similar, and it's the same thing. If my people, so there's a big if, if you're the called shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their ways, they will heal from heaven and God will forgive them. That's what he says, right? Look what he says here. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray, and seek my face. Now, let me ask you a question. Doesn't it seem like praying and seeking his face are two different things? They are. Because praying's petition, seeking him is about his presence. I just want to be in your presence. I don't, just, I don't, how many people want to be around a leech? Just give me, give me, give me, give me. I, listen, man, I'm not saying your prayers are leechy, but you know what I'm saying. If I only call junior, you all got somebody in your phone. The minute you call, you know the minute they call, they only need something. You look at that phone call like, great, you again. Tell the truth. But if I say, hey, man, call you up, just see how you're doing. Send you a text, what's going on? I need... Petition is prayer, seeking his face is presence. I just want to get in your presence. You ever just go in there and worship God? I've been doing it lately. I worship you, Jesus. I got caught up the other day when we were praying on the phone. I went in, man. I went in. I was praying for somebody, and I said, glory to God. Glory to God. Walk around the house. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. For the Lord is good. His mercy endures. Hallelujah. Glory 
Glory, 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 glory to God. God, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The house started changing the atmosphere. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. I just like, I just want to be in his presence. Hallelujah. Why? He's healing you. He's setting you free, delivering you. Shambra. Hey, hey. Glory, glory. And you just get in his presence. You create an atmosphere for his presence to show up. You honor him. You read, tell him how good he is. God, you're good. Seek his face. Worship him. You worship him. You practice the presence of God. You create it. You worship him. You love him. You bless his name. You sing to him. You got to seek his face. See, praying, he's going to have exchange. But seeking him is just being in his presence. Once you start seeking God, something changes. Now, God knows how long can you hang. Well, God will stay with you all day if you could. Well, guess what? Some of you only got a couple minutes going in there. But choose to seek him. Now, here's the thing. If you, don't set aside, if you don't set aside time, you won't. You won't do it. You'll get busy. You don't think the devil's going to keep you distracted? Come on, man. He ain't going to let you. He don't want you tasting and seeing the Lord is good. He wants you staying away from this thing. Look at this. Look at Jay. Now, look at me. A couple minutes are going to hurt. And young people I know, they're like, oh, God, this guy. I got him at home. You know, oh, God, pray. But they're doing it. And I told him, I said, look, here's the key. Don't ask them to do it. Make them do it. Now, that sounds weird as telling parents, they're going to get mad at God. No, they won't get mad at God. Make, reward them. Pay them. I paid a little joker. I told her the other day, I, I, I'll pay all of them. You said you're going to pay your kids to read your Bible? You better believe it. Money moves, motivates. I don't care. You think that word, you think, that, you think, they, lose, you think they lost that word? That word got in there. They could tell you what they learned. But here's the thing. Why? Everything else in the system works on reward. Why not? Give them benefits. Well, how'd you start serving God anyway? God's got no problem giving you his wallet as long as he knows he's got your heart. It's always been like that. God tells you about the good. It's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. You know what I'm saying? He ain't got no problem giving you his wallet as long as he knows he's got your heart. So you get those kids motivated. Tell those kids, you know, you get motivated. That's the key. A little bit. And don't, don't try to give them, like, too much because it will blow them up. A couple of scriptures, you know what I mean? Read a chapter. I used to tell them, read the proverb a day. Some of you adults should do that. 31 days, right? Read the proverb a day. You get it in there. All right, so look at this. Go look at James. You okay? Do you see this? It helps you, doesn't it? Because I got to help you round, you know, because some of you got friends. Look at this. Look, it says... <laughs> Look, he said, you adulterers and adulterers, don't you know the friendship of the world is an enemy with God? If you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. You know what that means? You can't have the world and God at the same time. You got to give up one. Listen to me. If you're going to have the world and God, you got to give up one for the other. It's true, man, ain't it? If you want God, you can't have the world. And if you want the world, you can't have God. You know what I'm saying? I told him in the morning service, out of the words of Ricky Bobby, if God ain't first, he lasts. It's true, baby. It is really true. God don't play second to nobody. That's the problem with people that go, oh, you know. Let me tell you, God's more important than your spouse. God's more important than your kids. God's more important than everything. God's more important than your career. God needs to be number one. He ain't playing second field on nobody. Do you see? God first. That's what he said. Don't you think the scripture says in vain? In, say the, vain? the spirit of God dwells in us and it lusts to envy. God is envious of you. He lusts for your attention. God loves you. He wants your full attention. Did you know that? God's envious. God's jealous for you. He's jealous for your attention. 
You want to have the best marriage in your life? Put God first. Someone said, well, my kids, you got all these parents like, my kids, my kids, my kids. God bless your kids. I understand that. But God's got to be before the kids. God's got to be before the spouse. God's got to be before everything. God's got to be numero uno. Come on, man. When God's number one, everything else will work right in that house. You get up and you see God in the morning, he'll fill you up. Then you love your spouse, you love your kids, you do your responsibility. But here's the thing. He said God's envious of you. He's jealous for you. He wants your attention. God, you know what it does? It, look, man, look at a natural relationship. If you don't pay attention to your spouse, what happens? It grows flat. You don't pay attention to people in your life, relatives, or you don't stop calling somebody, it grows flat. Whatever you don't intentionalize starts to dematerialize. Come on. Amen? Starts losing vision. Look right here. Look at this next scripture. I'm going to show you. Sound just like Second Chronicles. Watch. Go ahead. Four and five. Watch this. It says where God says this. He said, look it. And now watch when you get to six. This is going to blow you out. Check this out, right? Look what verse six says. Keep going. Do you think that the scripture says in vain you lust to envy? Watch this. You, yeah, no, six. That's four. Went backwards, Kentucky. Four, five, six. Here we go. <laughs> You're doing good. But gives more grace. Doesn't that sound like? Resist the proud, but he gives grace to the who? The humble. What do you say in Second Chronicles? Humble yourself. Now I got it even better. It gets even better. Watch this, right? So he says, but God gives more grace to who? The humble. He resists the prideful. What do we say? Pride? When you're not prayerful, you're prideful. Because I got it figured out. I don't got nothing figured out. I don't want to. I'm telling you, man, look at The better your life is submitted, the safer your life is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to pray about it. I, I, what do I know? And don't try to get around God. All you got your fancy little hidden secrets. You think you're being cute. No, nah, it ain't going to work. Produces pain in your life. Anything you do not bring in God's presence will produce pain in your life. Anything you hide from God's presence will produce pain in your life. Because it ain't supposed to be there. Anything you're trying to get around God's presence produces pain. If you can't filter it through God's presence, you don't need it in your life. It ain't worth it. It costs you too much to keep it. True. Yeah, I learned. I learned. You know what God does now? He tells me, yes. I say, let's hang on for a minute. Let's come back in a couple of days and make sure yes is yes, because I don't need no drama. I got a drama-free life because I've stopped self-afflicting myself, and now I don't do anything without, you sure? God, are you really positive? Let me come back in a couple of days just to make sure I heard you right because I don't need anything but yes. Because I don't want nothing that's mine because if it's mine, then I got to maintain it. I only want what you got and I'll just steward it. So here's the problem with life. If you create it, you have to maintain it. If God gives it, you just steward it. Stewarding is a lot easier than ownership because ownership puts the responsibility on me. Stewardship is I give it back to you when I'm done with it. Live the life of a steward, not an owner. I just maintain it, and when you come back, you can have it. And if you don't come back and I go to heaven before then, praise be to God, I'll leave it for somebody else. <laughs> to store. Come on, somebody. You ain't taking nothing with you. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Are you, did you get that? That's a great principle. It's like, oh, it's mine. Man, you in trouble. I want to keep it. It's shiny. I like it. No, man. Did God give it to you? You don't want nothing God didn't give you because now you got to maintain it and you ain't got grace for it. 
Look at this scripture. Popped it up. You know I'm telling the truth. Y'all are laughing. You're like, oh, great, Pastor Chris. You're really going to be great for 2021. I can feel it. But he gives more grace where God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Watch verse 7. Watch verse 7. Here we go. Submit yourself. Doesn't that sound like that scripture? Submit yourself to God. That means his word. And resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now here comes verse 8. Yay. We all like this one. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Both times he tells you, humble yourself first. Okay? So write this down. He said, well, cleanse your hands. Sounds just like it, doesn't it? And your hearts. And don't be double-minded. But here's the key. What is fasting all about? It's about humbling myself. That's what it is. It's an act of humility. You might be looking for spirit. How many of you are looking for spiritual renewal, guidance, healing? You might be needing healing in your body. You need a miracle. God will produce it through fasting. Now, let me explain something to you. Everybody uses one scripture in the Bible. Like, oh, he fasted, he prayed, he cast out devils. You can't build doctrine on that. You can't. We know that fasting and praying makes you sensitive to the spirit of God, and fasting and praying can give you breakthrough in areas. That's all we know, okay? Because God does not reward you by your sacrifice as much as he rewards you by your obedience. Does that make sense? So you're not going to, oh, I'm going to sacrifice myself. No, God's like, I already took the sacrifice. You get rewarded because of obedience, not because of sacrifice. If I'm going to enter in this fast, I'm going to enter in because of obedience, not because of sacrifice. I'm entering in obedience, and when I come in obedience, you're going to look and reward my obedience, not my sacrifice, because I can't sacrifice no more than you did on that cross. There ain't no sacrifice involved with me. You know what I'm saying? That's why people don't understand. It's like, oh, I'm sacrificing so much to serve the Lord. Shut up. You're just being obedient to what he already gave you discipline to do. Now, that's not mean. I'm not saying you shut up. But you know what I'm saying? Like, people talk all this vernacular. They don't even know what they're talking about. I'm sacrificing. God. No, you're not sacrificing nothing. He already paid the sacrifice, the eternal sacrifice of himself. If you're doing something, it's an act of obedience. Does that make sense? So now it's not like, I got to give up something. You give it up, Jack. You ain't even, because here's the problem with the church. They lied to you, okay? Church lied, I tell the truth. Hang out with me. I'm cool. Ready? I got pastor drip too, whatever that is. I got drip. Do I got drip? See, he's telling me he's cool. He got dreads and everything. Come on, right? I like that. Come on, right? Listen, you know what that means? Come on, listen. Catch this, though. Are you ready for this? Now, I want you to get this, okay? This is important you see this. You see that up there? Pop that up there just one more time. Watch this. Just check this out. Draw not to God. He'll draw. Cleanse your hands. Purify your hearts. Don't be double-minded, correct? Okay, now watch this. Everybody says this. When I'm doing this, I'm sacrificing. Stop. You were bought with a price. You don't even belong to yourself. That's the lie of the church. Like, oh, you belong to you. The minute you came into kingdom, you don't belong to you anymore. That's the truth. You were bought with a price, and now you're property of heaven, and your life's not your own. Now your life is not. I used to tell the kids, you could be anything you want to be. I shut that up a long time ago and said, no, stop, pause, you need to find out what God called you to be because it's not about what you want to be. It's what did God call you to be. Ask God what you're supposed to do and then follow the plan he's got for your life because it ain't what you want to do. It's what God's called you to do. 
Now you go, oh, now you shouldn't. You're 30 years old. You should be thinking that. It's not what I want to do. What? Oh, I did. No, 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 no. You were, you were a purchased possession. How many mil, military people I got here? You were in the military. Raise your hand. Military people, right? Anybody? Raise your hand. You in the military? Good. Okay. When you showed up, were you, where'd you go? Army, Navy, what? Navy. You were property of the United States Navy the minute you signed up. You couldn't do nothing with your body. You couldn't do nothing with your hair. You couldn't do jack. I got guys that were Marines in there, Navy SEAL. The one dude, like I asked him one time, he's like, yeah, bro, right. I didn't get to do, they told me when to eat. They told me when to sleep. They told me when to run. They told me when to get up. They told me what to do. They told me whatever. Come on, man. Mike, you there, right? You know, did anybody check in with you and ask you what you felt like doing for that day in the Navy? No. Why? Because nobody cared because you were not your own. You belong to the United States Naval Academy. Praise the Lord. Y'all, look at your neighbor. Don't touch him. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Say, you don't belong to the earth. You're a citizen of heaven, and you belong to God, and you don't have a life any longer that's outside of him. I didn't know that when I got saved. That's the trick of heaven. Hallelujah. Come on in for all the benefit packages. You can go to heaven. You don't have to burn in hell. Yay. You can have a great life. It's peaceful. It's going to be right. Come on in. Come on in. Doors are wide open. The church is singing songs. Yay. 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 And then you settle in for a while, and then the glass comes off. Hey, now let me tell you some of the responsibilities. Uh, you, 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 your life's not yours anymore. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. I thought I'd just come on Sunday and hear the guy run around up there and just, no, 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 no. It's a journey of a relationship. Oh, okay, great. And now it starts slipping in through revelation. I got responsibility. And the responsibility is simple. I just don't make my own decisions. I just follow the plan that's laid out in the book. So I got to find out what that book said about me. Amen. Now I'm cranking. So what am I supposed to do? Now purpose is, be- I thought I had my purpose. No, your purpose is getting discovered. Your potential is getting released. Opportunity is being released in your life. See what I'm saying? Look what he said there, right? So when I start doing this, what I'm doing, I'm discovering. This is what I'm saying. This is the problem. Well, it's a sacrifice. No, it's obedience. And the acts of obedience that you take determine the rewards you receive from heaven. Because God rewards obedience. See what I'm saying? So now you got to go in there and go, God, okay, God, okay, God, okay, okay. Pastor Chris, wear me out. Where is my connector for these 21 days? Now, don't go off the rail. Calm down. Just go. I can do that. Pray about it and get in. And then when we talk about giving and all that stuff, you deal with that later. But right now, I just need you to find your connection in God. What, what am I doing? Why? Because I, I, am I fasting to resolve some problems? Am I fasting for special grace to handle some difficult situations? I'm talking to you now. Are you going to fast? This is why you can fast. How about spiritual renewal? Get your edge back. Man, I've been dull, man. My spiritual life's dull. You got to ask yourself these questions. You got to have a checkup personal. You know what I mean? Man, my spiritual life ain't where it needs to be, Pastor Chris. I'm not asking you, and I'm not picking on your spiritual life. But here's what I am saying. What if you take this time to fast and pray and you take your whole spiritual life to a whole new level? You'll carry the momentum of this. You know what I'm saying? These little, these little disciplines you build today, how about this one? This, I was thinking about this. You know, like that seed I told you? What would your life look like if you put 50, one scripture a week 
for 52 weeks in you? What would your garden look like? Seeds be bright. That's one scripture a week. Why? All right, watch this. You ever heard? How about one scripture a week for every two weeks? That's all you got to do, walk around with an index card. And just quote that scripture. What are you going to look like in 26 weeks? What's your garden going to look like? You got those little seeds. See, it's little things, but little things are big in the kingdom. See, you think, what's that? God don't want that. You give God five minutes a day, you ain't been giving God. And I promise you, he'll open up a world you've never seen before. And then what happens is, see, what I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm selling you on something. You don't know it. See, I want you to touch them and get close, and then you're going to be conscious on it daily. Because what I'm really trying to get you to is that you never really leave his presence. You're always conscious of heaven, even though you're riding in a car at work. And you got to develop that because that comes with consistency. But if I can get you going a little bit, now all of a sudden you'd be like, yeah, that work. And hmm, I'm telling you, listen to me. This is how you do it. Now, some of you are there, but that extra little bit of time ain't going to hurt you neither. How about this one? Spiritual renewal. That's a good one. How about a breakthrough? Man, I'm struggling. How about addiction? Don't raise your hand. You might be addicted to something. You ain't telling nobody. You ain't got to tell nobody. Say, God, I'm putting that thing on the altar. I'm going to get free from this mess. This is my season to shine. I don't know. Not my business. I'll, I'll agree with you, though. And I'm telling you, I told you this. You got personal prayer stuff? Put it in an envelope. Bring it to me. Email me. csarno at relevantfl. It ain't hard to get me. C-S-A-R-N-O at relevantfl.org. I get it. Nobody else gets it. Pray to God, though. Sometimes it goes all over the joint, but you know what I mean? Get ask me. If you send me something, tell me, say, hey, did you get it? I'll get it. Put it through the thing, write it on a letter, put the letter in the thing, give it to me. I'll pray. I ain't gonna tell nobody nothing. I got stuff in this thing. I'm taking it to the grave with me. Ain't nobody nosy. Ask the Holy Spirit, right? How do I how about difficult situations? How about the through fasting and praying, we humble ourselves before God so the Holy Spirit can stir our soul and awaken us and move in our life. That's what you do. You're giving something. Watch this one. Fasting doesn't change God. It changes you. But fasting will change you. It will help you keep your flesh under. Now, you need to get, now watch this. Some of you are angry. Some of you are messed up. Some of you are carnal. Some of you are flesh ruled. You got to bury that thing. And the only way to bury it is you got to kill it. I'm telling you now, man, let me tell you something about your body. Your body is your enemy. Your mind, your will, and your emotions as you fast and pray, you'll change the way you think. As you fast and pray, you'll change the way you feel. As you fast and pray, you'll change the way you emotionally respond to life. It's principles that work, I promise you. It will help you become more sensitive to the spirit of God. It's a spiritual discipline that Jesus taught. You want to see this? Look at Matthew 6.16. You doing all right? Now, don't ever get nervous because like, oh, God, I think I'm going to have to do it. Oh, Jesus, why did I come to church today? One more week, I could have just stood home. One more week, I never would have known. Too late. You're in. How about this? Then just corporately just pray. Do whatever you want to do. Moreover, when you fast, not if. Everybody say, not if. When. God wants you to fast. Some of you need to fast social media. Yeah, you know, some of you need to just be like, you know what, man, I'm okay with the food thing. I pretty much got that figured out, but I got to get off this stupid phone. And I'm not talking about doing business here. You're playing games all day, like spinning around, like goofing off, clicking and liking junk. You don't even know what you're watching. I'm on to something here. 
You feel it? You know, you're over there playing games. <laughs> you're over here. I just found out how to build this outdoor shack. <laughs> you want so much stupid stuff. You're like scrolling through this thing, stupid stuff in the world. The other day I'm watching the stupidest thing in the world. I'm like, why am I watching this? You know what I mean? It's the dumbest thing in the world, you know? Like, and you know what I got another thing for all these Instagram people? Why do they take something? Like, like, let's take this table and turn it into a car. Why? Why? You ever watch? Sometimes I watch it for that. It's like, the guy's going to take this table and turn this into a hatchet. I'm like thinking, man, you must be bored and have a lot of time. So I watch all the bored with a lot of time people sometimes and go, why? We spend a lot of time sensitized to things we should not be sensitized to. How about, we used to say, shut off the TV. Now it's shut off the technology. What's your life going to look like? And I'm telling you, some of your marriages are all screwed up because of this technology. You take that thing to bed. Pastor Liz will tell you, my phone does not go in the bedroom. It doesn't. You call me, you better have my house number. I'll catch you by the spirit, but I don't want, because I, I could leave it there and not touch it, but you got to have safeguards in your life. You be on this thing all day long looking at this thing. I won't bring it in. I bring it in. It doesn't stay plugged in. It stays plugged in downstairs. Why? I don't need this thing to vibrate all the time. I don't know. I'll get you. I'll wake up if you need me. Don't worry about it. But you know what I'm saying? That's not desensitized to people, but now you let this thing start invading your bedroom. Now it's starting to invade your marriage. Now it's starting to invade your life. And some of you so shot out on Candy Crush, you don't even pay attention to your spouse. Not being serious, man. You better put these things away. These things are dangerous. You know what I mean? Some of you need to decompress and toxify yourself or detoxify yourself from this madness and clear your head. Now, it's okay you leave the thing in the house, but how about, hey, 8 o'clock, we're shutting it down from 8 to 9. We're going to pray, and you're going to talk, and we're going to I don't know what you need to do. This ain't my business. Pray about it, but the little thing's probably the big thing, and the big thing's probably the bigger thing than you think it is. How much time are you giving God? Okay, let me really meddle. How much time is technology getting compared to your prayer time? I'm so glad you came to church today. How much time is technology getting out of your word time? If we took your technology time, TV, internet, iPad, phone, whatever you got, if it's got a screen, it's a let here, because I know some of you geniuses are going to try to trick me in your mind. Anything that's electronic, any electronic device, anything that takes power on, power off, compared to your Bible, prayer time, word time, lifetime. Put them together and see who's winning. See who's feeding what. And whatever's getting fed more is winning the battle. Trust me. Now, you know where to balance that. What's going to look like if we take a couple of days and just go, all right, I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to give God a little bit more. That's it. I ain't knocking it. I'm on it too. But here's what I'm saying. How about for 21 days we consecrate and go, God, you know what? I'm going to give you the first of the year. That's what we're saying with the seed when we talk about the gift. I'm talking about sowing before the harvest even shows up. That takes faith. That takes a lot of faith, man. And we talked about that. That's why we said we, when we talked about pledging it, I was like, when God first told me, I was like, where am I going to go get that? And I said, okay, I'm going to do it by faith. And it all came every year. See what I'm saying? That takes faith. But I gave him the front of the year. He took care of it all year. What's the front of your year going to look like if you say, you know what, bump it. I'm going to give him them 21 days. I might shut that whole thing down. I'm going to take that time and pray in the spirit. You know, the Bible says that when John the Baptist went and prepared the way before the Lord, he was one crying in the wilderness. He prepared the way. He was praying it out so Jesus could come. What's your life going to look like if you paved the beginning of it for the future? You know what I'm saying? 
Like, we're going to set up a road that I'm going to ride all year long, but I'm going to give them these first three weeks to pave it. I'm going to pave this road so I can keep going back and forth, but the first three weeks, I'm going to give them the best I got. I'm going to lock it down. I'm going to pray it out. You're going to pave a road, man. You'll, you'll ride this road all year long. I'm telling you, it's true. When you, look, it says, when you, look, I got this other translation. Now, I'm not picking on you. Listen, some of you might say, I'm not doing nothing, man. You can forget it. Then just give me more word time. What's your life going to look like if you give God 10 minutes of word a day that you have? Done? I was talking to the kids just a little bit. A proverb a day, a chapter a day. Go get a devotion. Pastor Liz has got like half a million people read her devotional on that you version. She did. She wrote this thing, man. It's faith over fear. What is it? Faith over fear. Hurt but not held back. She got another one on there. She got half a million people read the thing for crying out loud. Go read that thing. How many days is it? Five days? Yeah, five days. Do that for five days and then go find another one. Go on version. They got all these things you can go find out about what you like. Who likes version? You like version? Go find a devotional. Go do it. Go find a 21-day devotional. My God in heaven, we got one on the stinking thing. Go over there, read it. Just say, I'm going to do the daily devotional. I'm going to stay on the thing. I don't know what you got to do, but you better get a plan. Let me tell you something. You ever go on a diet? Some of you don't need to. God bless you all. But you ever get disciplined with your food? What do you do when you go to a restaurant and you know you're watching? You already picked before you got in because you don't want to have temptation. You know, Doc says that all the time. He said, you never want to enter a room with temptation because you might not come out. That's true, bro. You never want to be in the room with temptation on the other side. You might not come out. You know what I'm saying? What does that mean? That means when you're planning something, right, you go in discipline before you get there. That's what you got to do with your spiritual life. Tomorrow morning is already planned. I don't have to think about it. It's happening. That's how you do it. I got, I, I'm going five minutes whether I want to go or not. I'm going to go walk. At, I'm going to go walk and pray. Go walk and pray. I don't care what you do. Take the dog. You ain't got no dog. Take the neighbor's dog. You ain't got a neighbor's dog. Walk around and yell at their dog and pray in tongues. I'm telling you right here now, y'all got this beach. You're wasting a great opportunity. You got nothing but time, and you got a beach right over there. Go pull up, find one of those things. Walk. I used to pray in the morning. All the golden girls were walking on the beach. I used to wave to them. They probably thought I was, I was praying in tongues. They thought I was listening to music or something. I used to have my coffee and go pray in tongues. I was like, hey, hey, girls. Like, hey. I was like, kalaba, she kalaba, he shalaba, hala. Let's get it. You don't like that? Go pace the floor. Because I used to try to pray and fall asleep all the time. Oh, my God. I get up so early, man, trying to pray. I'd be like, praying. God, I want to pray to you. Hiki, biki, baba. Ha, hallelujah. Hey, that was good. That ain't praying, man. That's sleeping. Get it in. Get it in. Discipline yourself. Get it in. Okay? I can't overemphasize. I'm done. Go there and look at that scripture. We got to go anyway. Look right here. Look at this scripture. Pop it up there, the Matthew one. You can play. Moreover, when you fast, don't be as the hypocrites with a sad confidence. Clean up. Look right. Don't tell nobody. Stay conscious. Listen this. Want to see it in the NCV? When you give up eating, don't put on a sad face. Man. Why am I praying? Why am I fasting? Fast. We're going to take communion here in a minute. Fast. You got, you got the stuff? Uh, fasting gives you more time for prayer, and you can use the time you normally spend eating as time for prayer. So here's the key. If you say, I'm giving up lunch, put the prayer in it. If you're going to give up this, put the prayer in it. If you say, bump it, I ain't giving up no food, forget that, bro. 
then just add the prayer stuff in. Some of you have dietary restrictions. I told you I don't even care. I'm telling you right now, some of you, you would chew your arm off if I took your phone away for a day. I know where your problem is. Some of you ain't your body. It's your soulish side of your life, which is your body, but it's not your physical flesh. It's your mental realm. It's got your attention. It's detached. Separate. It might, t- it might be more. I'm going to tell you right now. Somebody might be like, bro, I- I'll starve if you take my phone. I-, 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 I won't eat for a month. I just, I've got to have that phone, man. Some of you, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's clinging on you. You know what I mean? I don't know where's the sacrifice. I'm not God. I don't want to be God. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you got to go pray about this. And you might say, Pastor Chris, I ain't doing none of it. Okay, then just worship God. So you're going to tell me right now, your relationship with God can't go a little bit more for the 21 days? Come on, man. How about corporately? Here's another big one. How about as a family? Right? All the ladies pray, all the guys, you drag them half the time. I know how it goes. How about you guys together go, and I'm not knocking the guys. How do you say, all right, honey, you know what? I'll give you five minutes every day for 21 days. We pray together, and we go for it. Wouldn't that be cool? I don't know. Why do I got to be so creative? I'm not the creative guy around here. You guys are wearing me out. The creative department should help you with this. So, well, I don't know how to do that, but we're going to pray as a husband and wife for five minutes. Set the timer. You think I'm kidding. I am not kidding. Dude, I, my mind goes here. Set the timer, because the guy can handle that. If I said, all right, five minutes, here we go. Start the timer. You got the timer on your phone. If you're fasting your phone, get a watch. Ready? Go. Click. Go. You think this is weird, but I'm telling you, it produces discipline. Let's pray. Click. Let's go. Father, we just thank you for today. We think it's awesome. We worship you, Jesus. Walk around. Get your thing. Go. Don't get, I don't know, before you get up. I don't know. And that's it. Boom, we did it. Great, man. I felt good. I liked it. Did you feel good about it? It was great. Yeah, let's go. Right? It was good. All right, let's go. Okay, good. I'll be back tomorrow. Let's do it again tomorrow. Hey, let's read the word today. Five minutes. Let's open the book. We got the book. Let's read this proverb. What does it say? Go read it in like the Passion Translation or something easy, the message. You ain't got to get all fancy. What's this thing say? Oh, I see that. Oh, that said that. That said this. Oh, that's cool. What'd you get out of that? What'd you get out of that? Ten minutes later, you'd be like, boom, got it. Let's go. That was good. Let's go. I'll be back tomorrow. Hey, you know what? Pastor's been talking about confessing the word. Yeah, I don't even know how to confess the word of God. Let's go get five scriptures. We can confess them over our family. Let's go do that, right? Get the team. Tell the kids, hey, man, you know what? Just come on. Give mom and dad five minutes. I'm not asking for a lot. Five minutes. You can go do your goofing around later. Let's go. Get in there. What are you saying? Right? Well, they, I, I can't get them. I, they're gone. Put them on the phone and say, hey, five minutes on the way to work. We go, God, thank you. The Bible says this, that if we ask anything according to your will, your word, we know you hear us. So we're going to pray some scriptures. What scriptures we got to pray? What do you need? Well, you know what? We got a lot of strife in this house, man. That's away from the kids. We fighting every other day. If you fighting a lot, you need to clean that up. You can't let strife in your life. It'll rob your blessing. So we're going to do this. We're going to pray. Strife has to leave our house, and we're going to come against strife in Jesus' mighty name. We're going to put a wall up against strife. If you get in strife or I get in strife, we're not going to allow it. We're going to be living a strife-free life with a strife-free house. Good. Now, God, we just thank you for no strife. We're going to break the spirit of strife in this family. Come on, man, watch this thing. Next thing you know, you're going to get that 21 days. We're going to hit the, what's the biggest, what's the biggest, we got, we got a financial challenge we need a breakthrough in, okay? 21 days, we're going to bring it before the Lord. In our strife, we're going to get rid of that. We got, how, man, we need a physical breakthrough. We got a doctor's report, Pfft, this ain't good. It's okay, chill out, we got this thing. 
By his stripes we're healed. We're going to lay them scripture out. How about your kids? How about your grandkids? Well, I got my stuff together. What about them? I'm tired of seeing these kids not live for the Lord. They're living okay, but they ain't living good enough. That ain't my, listen, that, I didn't sow that seed. These kids need to serve God better than this. So God, here's what we're going to do. 21 days, I'm going to fast and pray for my kids. I'm going to fast and pray for my grandkids. I'm going to fast and pray for your family members. I'm going to fast and pray. I'm gonna, you can put it all in there. How much time you got? 15 minutes? Say, no more strife. Got a miracle money. Got a breakthrough for the kids. Got a physical. I don't know. You go figure it out. Look, 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 look. He got to serve God. Can't not serve God. This fast, he don't get away from not serving God. He got to turn his whole life around. That's the word of the Lord. You hear me? That's the word of the Lord. You hear me? That's the word of the Lord. That's the Lord of the Lord. And as we fast and pray, we'll get it. God do miracles. I don't care if God comes walking through the wall. If I got to fast and pray and he walked through the wall and scared somebody, scare the hell out of him in Jesus' name, you know what I'm saying? That place, hell, not a curse word. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. They ain't got to go. Get them. Fast and pray. Push. Push, pray, prophesy, make a commitment. Now, you want it. Yeah, how bad you want it? I want it until it's uncomfortable to my flesh. Now, I really want it. I'm tired of status quo. I want next level stuff. Okay. Give God a little bit of time. Next level stuff opens up. You see it? Here's the things, guys. This ain't about, it's about obedience. I'm serious. Why not? Supplication. Okay. Petition. Asking. Requesting. Mixed with the fasting the fasting just shows God you're serious about it. That's what it's about. It's a next level prayer because you're serious about what you're praying about. And the clarity you get from the fasting is going to be huge. Anything you do. Because your flesh is going to get pressed down and your spirit, man, is going to rise up. Because you are spirit. You understand this? So let me just show you this and you guys got it. You come on, Pia. You're a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. What happens if you start working on your soul and your body? Your spirit reigns through. So your mind is cloudy about what the Spirit of God's saying until you renew it. Your emotions are cloudy on your soul until your spirit comes through it. Your, your, your will is stubborn until you subdue it. How do you do it? You subject it. You see it? So when you fast and you don't feed it, fasting means you're not feeding it. You understand that? So what happens with your mind how about, you how about you fast worrying some of you? Come on, you see what I'm saying? You're not, what does it mean to fast? You subject your body from what it wants. What does that mean for your mind? You subject your mind from what it wants to worry about. You subject your emotions from what it wants to feel. Fasting in those days doesn't allow your soulish realm to eat what it wants to eat. Not just physical food only. Some of you need to get out of worry, fear, fret. Come on, somebody. Anxiety. All this stuff. How do you do it? Fear, fast it. Fast your fears. Kill it. Take your mind and be like, mind, I'm not going to allow you to think like that for these 21 days. I'm going to break this mentality. I'm not going to allow my emotions to respond to that. You're like, ah, nope, you ain't going to get that out of me. Not for these 21 days. And now I might add a little food and a little this, and you're going to die a little bit. But remember this, in death, Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it abides alone. But when it dies, it bears much fruit. What does that mean? 
man, you break through that outer shell of the man and you allow the spirit man to reign through. Okay? So here's what it is. Take some time. Pray about it. Everybody watching, pray about it. And man, how about this one? Here's a big one. I'm going to come to church 52 weeks next year. You ain't like you out of town. Like you on vacation. You're just getting lazy. Watch online. Now listen to me. That ain't me being rough. That's me being truthful. Watch online. If you can't come to the building, watch. But I ain't going to miss 52 weeks of church. That's how you do it. Yeah. See, here's the problem. I used to have buddies. Oh, it's a hard thing to do. It ain't a hard thing once you make a precedent to do it. Then it becomes a hard thing not to do. I can't miss that. I used to tell people, no. now that's not picking on you. You understand me? I'm not picking on nobody. I don't know anybody's attendance in here, nor do I care. You might be watching online. I don't know, but make a commitment. You know what I'm saying? It's funny. We were talking about it. He's like, I'm watching my online every week, Pastor Chris. I said, when they stop by, I said, well, come anyway if you can. He said, okay, I'm coming. Watch online or come. I don't care. And I understand some people don't want to be in this building. I get it. We're serious about this. I don't have a problem with that. I understand that. But you can watch online. You can go back and watch archives. You can stay in Wednesday. We're going to stay Wednesday and Sunday. What's it take you, a half hour? I'm connected to a local body. I'm connected to my church. You can listen to a lot of people. There's a lot of great preachers out there. But I got news for you. That ain't your house. You thrive in the ground God planted you in. All these voices in the earth ain't helping you. It's the voice God put you in assignment. It's just God's honest truth, man. I can listen to people, but only certain people speak my language. It does something for me. Get that in your spirit and develop your spirit. Now, I don't say that. Look, I don't know what anybody's doing. Nor do I, I, I love you. I love you when you calm, don't calm. I don't, you know what I'm saying. But build something where you go, hey, I'm going to carry this for throughout the year. Listen, I'm done. You know what this year is going to be like? Every other year. Until you do something different than you did all those other years. It's going to be the same life, man. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be the same year, 21, going to look like 2015, going to look like 2012, going to look like 98. Until you, I'm serious, man. Until you go, what am I going to do different this year to get different results? Otherwise, I'm going to get the same results I've been getting before. You see it? So what spiritual place do you want to go? How about this? Fasting will help you with your physical place. It's true. I believe the first year we fasted, I transformed my, my whole body. I did because I was like, I got a spiritual discipline and the spiritual discipline kicked into my natural life. And I woke up to like, whoa, I just felt better. So I maintained it because fasting got me there. Does that make sense? Now, you might say, what's that mean? Maybe it is no sugar. Some of you even believe in God. Maybe some of you can't, shouldn't be eating sugar because the doctor done told you stop it and you get stubborn. Your flesh will kill you, man. Yeah, I'm going to tell you how I got that revelation. I'm sitting in this doctor's office getting my annual checkup, and the guy is paper-thin walls. She was with me. And the doctor is telling it, and he was a pretty smart doctor. He's pretty funny. He was like, he goes, hey, he goes, I'm telling you. I can hear him through the wall. He's like, he was telling the guy, he's like a cardiology guy. He was telling him this stuff. He goes, I'm telling you, you got to stop doing this. You're going to die. And I'm sitting here going, this dude next door is dying because he's not listening to the doctor. And I got a revelation. I was like, your flesh will kill you. You know, these people smoking cigarettes with the oxygen tank. You've seen it. I'm being serious. It'll kill you, man. Your body wants what it wants. It doesn't care if you die in the process. I'm not being, let me tell you, I'm being sensitive to this because some of you know people that died because of this. I'm serious, man. Your flesh is strong, man. It'll kill you. They don't care nothing about you. You understand me? 
And the doctor done t- told you, stop eating the sugar. I had the one doctor, oh, you, that joker coming here one time, sugar through the roof. I want to smack him in the head. I said to him, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I said, you better cut it out. Started getting his diet right, getting his head right. You got to do this stuff, man. Some of you use this as a tool to be like, hey, you know what? The doctor's been telling me this. I'm cutting it out. I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to use God to help me get to victory. I got no problem. I'm telling you, I got no problem with it. God will honor it. I'm telling you, it's true. Flesh is, you got to beat it. You got to beat it or it'll beat you. And you got some, you got some addiction in here. You know it's true. You know it's true. You're doing stuff you shouldn't do, nobody knows. Go, you know what? God, help me. Give me the strength to get through this thing. I'm going to lay it down. If I lay it down in private, you pick me up in, you pick me up in public. He'll do it, man. I can't emphasize it. You know it's true, all right? You know I love you, right? You're not mad at me. I'm just pushing you a little harder because I want you to win. You know what I mean? Flesh is serious, though. You know what I'm saying? Kill this thing. And we, here's the thing, too. We're doing it corporately so it's easier. You're not on your, you're not on your own. We're going to be praying for you every day. I pray for you every day anyway, but now I'm gonna be, I got more time to pray for you. So we're going to do this thing. All right? You got, everybody got communion? But before we take communion, I want to take just a minute. If you'll just bow your heads and close your eyes all over this building. Because maybe there's someone yeah. in here today. Maybe, maybe the greatest commitment that you can make right now, maybe you've never made. And that's to make Jesus the Lord of your life. See, Jesus came to earth, left heaven, gave up yes. his life so that you could have abundant life. Not just eternal life, but you get that too. But so that you could have an abundant life here. Mm. And all it takes for you is just to say yes. I want to give my life to you. You gave your life for me, now I'll give my life to you. So I just want to ask, maybe you're in here today, maybe you've never made a decision to make Jesus the Mm. Lord of your life, and you say today is that day. It's the greatest decision you could ever make in your whole life. Or maybe you've made that decision before, and you've walked away from him, and you say maybe, God, I haven't been serving you the way that I want to serve you, but today you want to make a commitment to give your life to him and give it back to him. If that's you right now, just with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking around, just lift your hand and just wave at me real quick and say, that's me today. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Come on, I see those hands. Yes. Come on and just say, there's more in here that I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life today. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I give you my life. You can put your hands down, and I want everyone in this place to repeat after me. Say, yes, dear Lord. Jesus. Dear Jesus. I believe. I believe. That you are the Son of God. That you are the Son of God. And I confess with my mouth. And I confess with my that mouth. That you are Lord. That you are Lord. And you say in your word. And you say in your word. If you believe in your heart. If you believe in your heart. And you confess with your mouth. Confess with your mouth. Then you will be saved. Then you will be saved. So right now. Right now. As I do that. I do that. I believe. I believe. I make you my Lord. I make you my Lord. I make you my Savior. I make you my Savior. I ask you. I ask you, Jesus. To come into my heart. Come into my heart. To come into my life. Come into my life. To forgive me of my sins. And to let me start a new life with you. I'm going to start a new life with you. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. Come on, just you know what? I want to rejoice for a minute because there's only one time in the Bible that it says that heaven rejoices, and that's when someone enters the kingdom of heaven, when they give their life to God. 
And if you made that decision for the first time and you want more information, as soon as we dismiss, you can go right back to that yes. welcome center and someone will give you some information. But we want to do something else really quick right now. If you, We want to take communion together yes. as we start this fast. We'll take it Thank at the you, beginning. Jesus. We'll take it at the end. If you did not get a communion cup when you came in, just raise your hand and one of our team will bring it to you. If you need a cup. Just keep your hands up until they get it and we're going to just take a minute. You know, I I shared this on New Year's Eve, but I went back and I looked at my notes last year from when we took communion going into 2020. And and I think it was it it was significant when I went back and read, because when we took communion last at this time last year, it was about remembering, remembering that that I talked about when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. It was so that when the disciples got into a tough situation, they could remember that they walked with the guy who opened the blind eyes, that they had the miracle worker and that they had that same power. And you know what? I think it's very interesting that it was all about remembering that you have the resurrected one Mm. that lives on the inside of you when we face a year like none of us have ever seen before. And we face, face situations and circumstances. So I think it's significant when you look at, at, at what God gave us to share for communion last year was about remembering, remembering that you have the greater one, remembering that you can overcome no matter what you face. But I read something this this year, and it really struck me because I'd never really looked at communion like this before, that in Luke chapter 22 in verse 19 in the Passion Translation, it says, then he lifted up a loaf and after praying a prayer of thanksgiving to God, he gave each of his apostles a piece of bread. And I paused on that for a moment because the first thing that Jesus did when he was getting ready to do communion with his disciples, before he he explained to them what was happening, before he gave them the bread, the first thing he did was he gave thanks Mm -hmm. to his father. Thank you, Lord. Communion is about having a posture of gratitude. In fact, if you're from a Catholic background, you know it, communion better as the Eucharist which literally means to give thanks. That's its meaning. And Jesus gave, it's about having that posture. See, Jesus knew what was getting ready to transpire in his life Mm. before he broke the bread. That was symbolic of what was getting ready to happen to him, that he was going to break his body for his disciples. He knew he was getting ready to be betrayed by his best friend. He knew he was getting ready to be arrested and wrongfully accused. He knew he was getting ready to be beaten, bruised, and crucified in the most horrific death Mm. that Mm. there was. But yet in that moment, the first thing he did was he gave thanks. And I think that we can follow Jesus' example. When he said, do this in remembrance of me, as we get ready to subject our flesh, to say, not my will, but thy will. See, I said this the other day. Everyone goes, oh, well, Jesus wanted to do that. I don't believe that he did. I believe he wanted to, but I, he, he, he sweated and cried. Yes. He sweat drops of blood saying, if there's any way that this cannot happen, please, please, please make it not happen. Mm. If there's any other way, please. Thank he you. was willing because he loved us so very much. Yes. But thank even you. knowing all those things, thank he you, said, Jesus. I thank you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I think that as we go through this year, as we get ready thank in our you, fast. Yes. What we're getting ready to give up is a lot less you, than what he gave up for Thank us. You, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we can too can say, I give thanks. Amen. I give thanks. Amen. I give thanks. Thank you, Jesus. We can give thanks because I shared this the other night that in John 16, 33 is a passage that became dear to my heart last year. I put it in like a whole bunch of messages because I loved it so much. 
where Jesus is explaining to his disciples all of the things they're getting ready to experience. And then he said these words. He said, everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and you will have confidence Mm. as you rest in me. Thank you. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience troubles and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm thankful today that I serve a Jesus who conquered every situation that I might ever Mm. walk through. I'm thankful today that as I get ready to take this bread and this cup in remembrance of his body and his blood that he gave for me, that I can rest knowing that there's nothing that I will not face. There's nothing in this three weeks you will not face that he hasn't already equipped you for. Thank you, Lord. There's nothing that you'll face this year that he hasn't already Mm. given you the ability that he has not already overcome. Yes. So right now, just close your eyes for just a minute because the Bible does say that before you take communion to make sure that your heart is right. What does that mean? If you've got anything you need to get rid of and take care of, take Mm. care of it now. Thank you. If you need to forgive, say, I forgive. Thank you. Whoever that may be. Make sure your heart's in the right place before you. you... Get ready to take the communion. Yes. And it says in Luke 22 that he lifted up the loaf, and after praying a prayer of thanksgiving to God, he gave each of his apostles a piece of bread, saying, This loaf is my body. Thank you, Lord. Which is now being offered for you. Mm. Always eat it to remember me. Thank you. So as you remember the sacrifice that Jesus made, you may eat of your wafer. And he said, after supper was over, he lifted the cup again and said, this cup is my blood of the new covenant I make with you. And it will be poured out soon for all of you. So as you take a moment and as you drink of the cup, remember that this is that liquid love that Jesus poured out for us. Thank you. And I challenge you that every time you take communion from now on, that you take a moment to give thanks. Yes. And you may partake. Hallelujah. You know, there's something significant Thank in you, a moment. Lord. Yes. And for some of you, as you begin this 21 days yes. of prayer and fasting, this, this is the moment that kicks off our fast. Yes. When we take communion. You could take communion every day at your house. Yeah. My parents were here the other day. I told them this. My mom and yeah. dad came to town, and they were getting ready to leave. My dad was drinking his coffee. We were all standing around the kitchen counter, and he looked, and he said, can we take communion together? I said, well, I only have some raspberry club soda. I've taken communion with a Coke and a Dorito before. It's not about what you use. It's about the moment. I encourage you. Some of you need to take communion every morning and remember Amen. what Jesus said. But I believe... That this is a significant moment for you that you can look back and look yeah. at 1222 on January the 3rd, that that is the moment. Yes. That breakthrough began in your life. It's that the, what you're believing for began in your life, that your life took on a whole new meaning. Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't you stand up on your feet? I want We want to pray for you guys. I just think today, you know, maybe the Lord spoke to your heart. Maybe you got to go home and reflect a little bit. You, you have till, you know, whenever you feel ready. And then just step in. You know, maybe already some of you today heard what you needed to hear from heaven, from the Lord. Or maybe you got to just take some time and make a decision. You know, it's funny. You know, I was talking about that. Life is just about making a series of decisions. That's all it is. 
you know, I, I said this in that series we were doing. I said, consequences are already predetermined, but decisions are your ability to make a choice. But consequences are already there. God has determined the consequences of life, but he gave you the ability to make decisions and choices. So maybe on the way home, maybe, I don't know, in your prayer time, maybe you talk, maybe you communicate. Where are we going? What are we shooting for? Where's our goal? And let's lay it out. I think we got, I know we got the grace for it. But I know we got the season is now. Whether it be, you know, in the prayer groups or something like that. Whatever it is you got to get involved in. You know we're here to help, okay? But let's just pray right now. We're going to pray for direction. But I'm also going to pray that God kind of confirms to you what you already know. Amen? For these 21 days of transformation. And I just pray you hear from heaven about your gift you're going to bring to the Lord. Because here's the thing. I can't produce the blessings of God in your life. But God can. I need you to hear clear in every area of your life. Because I just want you to live in that freedom in every area. So, Father, I just thank you. We, we're, this is about obedience. It's not sacrifice, Lord. You already made eternal sacrifice so we could be obedient. So we thank you, Lord, that we follow your plan of obedience. And, Father, these are your people. We take this serious. They are your people. I have no idea what they need, but you do. You're the alpha and the omega. You're the beginning and the end. And you're trying to lead them in this moment. I pray right now in Jesus' mighty name, you'll speak to their heart, you'll speak to their mind, they'll know what to do, when to do it. They'll know what to release, when to release it. They'll know steps of discipline to take when they need to take it. And they're gonna see God's greater blessing come upon their life. The hand of God's gonna move in their personal life, in their family's life, in their extended family's life, and even in their corporate life. Something's gonna change. We thank you, Lord that as we close one door, you'll open a new door. And as we shut the book on one chapter, we open up a brand new blank canvas and we write the future we want to see based upon the promises of God. We bless you. I pray you speak to them, lead them and guide them and help them. And let this be the best 21 days of our spiritual life to carry us throughout the year, conscious of your ability in every single day in every single moment and leaning and trusting in you for everything. Bless them, Lord. Let them hear and let them know. Keep them, Lord, and let the Holy Spirit guide them into this beautiful future for what you have for them and their family. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Praise the God. You guys are dismissed. Hey, don't forget, oh, the bucket's in the back. The bucket's in the back. The buckets are there. But listen, if, you're, if you have youth and you got kids, go to the cafe. We're going to go in the cafe. I got a quick meeting in the cafe for all the parents. Multi-purpose room. I'm sorry I'm calling it cafe. It's a multi-purpose room. My bad. Multi-purpose room. If you don't know where it is, ask somebody in the back. They'll tell you. We got some exciting news about services, and we're pumped. Amen. And then don't forget, everybody else does the next meeting after that. It's right behind it. You guys all know the details. Just be ready. We love you. It's going to be great. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.